0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Be'ezat Hashem, we'll be learning Da'af Yud Gimel, Masecha Sukkah. And we'll start with the top line of Da'af Yud Gimel, Amad Aleph, where it says, Amar Rav Hanan Barava. See it, The last three letters on the line. What do Rav Barava say? Excited? Here we go. He said, hani masachin behu, That you can use brambles and thorn bushes for schach. Who even knows what that is? So we're going we're gonna to get into it a little bit. That you can use brambles, but not the thorn bushes. My timer, why would you not be able to use the thorn bushes? Since the leaves fall off into the sukkah, right, you're, he's going to disturb him. And therefore, shavak lov'nafek, he's going to abandon the sukkah and leave. So this is pursuant to the concept we said yesterday, right? So we've been talking about the different materials that are valid for schach. Obviously, when it says that the leaves are going to fall off, it doesn't mean that the leaves are going to fall off to the point where it's going to be and you're not going to have enough schach coverage to make it a kosher sukkah. That is obvious that it, that would be true. What the point here is that even if you use kosher schach, so to speak, which is to say... You're using materials that are not makabatuma and they're gidulei mina aretz, but they're already talush, right? You, you did you sold garen v'yakiv. You used all the right materials, however, and you and you had enough coverage. However, for whatever reason, as we discussed yesterday, if the materials really smelly or it's thorny and it's going to fall into your soup and it's going to be a hassle and it's going to dis incentivize you from going into the sukkah that you are not allowed to use, okay? So those are things. It's just interesting, um, right? In, in other words, would the sukkah even be kosher? In other words, on what level is this not allowed, right? But the bottom line is you're not, you should not construct a sukkah with this, um, and therefore it's what Yitz Tapper calls a sukkah serucha. You can't have a sukkah that stinks. It's, and, and that's horrible to use. You have to have a good, solid, usable, pleasant sukkah. And therefore, these materials would not be um, valid if, they aren't, if they're going to make it an unpleasant experience. Okay. Um, so now going back to the bundles. You might recall yesterday we had a big discussion of the gadish versus the bundles. And we said that you can't just have bundles laying on top of the sukkah. That was a gazera, right? The gazera was... Related to the aspect, it's called the Gezeras Otsar. It's related to the uh, concept of Tasev Elomina asli, which is to say, in those days, you would put up bundles in order to dry. And then we are trying to discourage you again. We want it to be Tasev Elomina asli. We want you to be proactive in making your sukkah, not just use any old hut and repurpose it for the purpose of sukkahs. And therefore, they made a Gezeras Otsar. So the was, you shouldn't use the big bundles as your schach. So now we're going to get into a little discussion of things that are sort of like bundles, look like bundles, or are actually bundles but are smaller bundles. And I'll give it away now and just say that unless it's a real bundle that you're using for OTSA, right? they are using for storage, it's not going to fall under the category of Gazeros OTSA. So if you're going to have something that happens to have the appearance of or is bundled for some other reason, it's not going to fall into the Gazera. But you wouldn't necessarily know that until you read the following Gemara. so let's go gidalamarav hi apkuta the So this is off date palm offshoots if you've ever seen the kind of uh, date palms that come out like from the root so it's a whole bunch of offshoots from one thing and they do look a little bit like they're bundled together however the Gemara says apagavde agide even though naturally right they're bundled together that's called eged bide shamaim loshme eged Right, Eged Eged is uh, a bus company in Israel, but that's not what we're referring to here. I think it's called so because it is like a corporation, right? A, um, A a union, an Eged would be like a union, right? So Eged to bring things together is a union. And boy, are they close that union. When they cut Bubby in half, you could not sue them. It's a whole other story, not for now. But Eged is a, is a, un, is a union, is a, is a bundle. Well, we have something that's happening in the Gemara. Eged passes. <laughs> right, Dafyomi <laughs> coincidence. Okay, so Eged bideh shemayim egged. Eged. So the point is that if, the, right, if it looks like a bundle, because that's how it naturally grows in nature. So that's not a bundle. That doesn't fall under the Gezerah of, right, Gezerah's Otsar. And guess what? Even if later you actually did bundle it together, this kind of binding that they would do around this object, this like single, right, binding thing, right? So let's say they used to have those bundles. So this is common, right? You know, You know that guy... Are you that no, it's Barry. Barry's that guy in shul that has the lulav that pokes everybody in the eye. The lulav's just like flapping around everywhere. No, he's not. Andrew, it's you. I knew it was you. So if you have the lulav that's flapping around everywhere and poking everybody in the eye, so you tie it up, right? You tie it up in order to make it neat. That is not really a bundle, Andrew, because you're just taking one thing and you're tying it up to making neat. That's what this is talking about. It's kind of like the out-of-control lulav that you're binding together, this is not the bundles. The bundles that the Gazera otsar falls on is a real stash, right? Like a real a real bundle of uh, things together, right? As the last um, wide line, this fourth line, Rashi explains. Even though you're taking this one ilan and you're sort of tying it together, and it looks like a bundle. The amran, right? The the ein mesach uh, in behen, which is to say, like this. I read, I, the syntax is wrong. It is similar to those chavilin, even though it's similar to those chavilin, which we said you can't make schach with, and it looks similar. That's the point. Even though it looks similar to those bundles, we still can, in fact, use them for schach, because they don't fall onto the gezerah of Ozar. Fine. Similarly, we're going to have a similar ruling with the famous Rav Amar of Amar Vina Barshila. Hani dokrei mesachim behu. What are these? The stalks of cane plants. You can make schach with it. Afal gav Agide And they are bound together at their base. That's how they are. Uh, but that's natural. Eged bi eged. Afal gav Hada agid And just like similar to these date palms, you have these. the dekane. And they're naturally bound. And then, on top of that, you also put a rubber band or some sort of other fastening thing around it to keep it together. Even though you do so, that's not considered the kind of bundles of which we speak, and therefore it's okay to use as schach. And uh, furthermore, you have a kanim that you can in fact use both of these, the kanim and the dokrani, you could use them as schach. So the Gemara says, kanim pshita. Right? We obviously know that the cane reads you could use. Why do you even need to mention it? So therefore, we have to revise that side a little bit to show that this is actually what Rufkista said. In other words, he said Dokri Dakani. So Dokri Dakani is a kind of cane plant that the version of which is very out of control and therefore a butt comes together and looks like a bundle and you bundle it up a little bit. But Kanim, the regular, uh, cane reads that we're talking about, those are like the ones that the Badatz uses for the Schachmats. Those, of course, should be okay. So he said, no. What, it said, Kani, Kanim Vedokranim, it meant the same thing that Revchistha said. Revchistha said, Dokre dakani, the Gemara here says, no. Eima kanim behen. In other words, the Kanim Shodokranim is those same, um, Dokre which Revchistha mentioned, and therefore you would have thought, as Rashi says, Shiyotsin Begizim, Kimin Dokranim Harbet, even though those that's the plant that looks like it comes out, right, in many ways, and looks like a bundle once by time all said and done, it is not under the Gezeras Tikra, or Gazeras rather nope, we're not yet at Gezeras Tikra, that's tomorrow. It is not under the Gezeras Otsar, and therefore we are going to say that it's okay. Fine. So we just quoted, you might have noticed, Rivchista Amaravina Barshila. So, apropos to nothing, let's quote another halacha from Ravchista Amar Avina We do that sometimes. So, V'Amar Avchista Amar Avina Bar says the Gemara, fascinating halacha. It does still have to do somewhat with Sukkot. It's going to transition to tomorrow. So it actually serves two purposes. It's another statement of Ravchista Amar Barshila, and also a good transition for tomorrow. What is he saying? Honey Uh Pesach vibes in the middle of Sukkot. Kzeros Tesvav Tesvav. Here we go. Honey, Adam A person can be yotze with eating maror and Pesach with something called maror of the Agam. Agam is an Israeli uh, artist, but that's the, here. It's his name is means a uh, swamp, and we do have one in our house So we got from Elal. Good call, Andrew. Yeah, we got that for having status at Elal. I don't mean to brag, but it was very high status. It's not for now. Um, it was a, it was, a it was, It's a cool agam, but I, I didn't buy it. Anyway, so, um, and, it, and the, only, the only thing the status got me, I never got upgraded, but they would come over and they would say hello to me in the middle of the flight and wake me. That's really not for now. Okay, <laughs> they would say, thank you for your status. I said, thank you for my seat, 39 C. So, are is the Mara of the Agam. Are you going to be Yotze on Yeddei Chavasa on Pesach? Uh, so, Wait, no. So he, he made the statement that you are. Well, here's the thing. It's Mara. Okay, so Mara you should be Yotze. But the Mara at this point is going to think that we have a Mishnah in Nagaim that challenges this notion that you should be able to use this marshmallow for Pesach. How so? Like this. It says the mission in Nagaim. Azov Velo Azov Yavon. What does Nagaim have to do with Azov? What's going on here? Well, you have to understand there's four times in the Torah, you have to, if you pay attention, where we use this Azov. What is this Azov? It's a hyssop, right? What is a hyssop good for? Well, it's good for a lot of things. One of the things it's good for is like a brush. You know, You dip it into something, and then you can take it. Some of the liquid gets entrapped in this hyssop, and then you spritz it, right? You flick it and you spritz it. It's a great brush for the, um, Jackson Pollock approach. So, so let's say you have an azov. So when would you sprinkle it? So this is what it has to do with Nagoya. If you're, if you have somebody who is Tamay Mace, or Tamay, right? And you're using the, right? The, Purification waters of the parah Duma, right, or the blood of the bird. And when you have the matzora and you're spritzing it on the matzora in part of his purification process, or perhaps most famously, the blood of Pesach Mitzrayim, where you where they put it on the mashkov and you look at the Psukim, which we actually did in Shem, in parsha's bow, and it says it right there. Azov, take the azov, right and Right and and sprinkle and, and use the azov as a brush to put the blood on the right on on the doorpost in Pesach Mitzrayim. So in all these cases, the Torah says the word azov. So in Meseches Negaim, it discusses what kind of hyssop can be used. Right there's a, there's a ceremonial significance. Right, it says in the Torah that you have to use the azov. So. Are there multiple types of Azovs? So it says the Mishnah Nagaim, as quoted here in the Gemara, that when it says Azov, it says Azov, Velo Ezov, Yavan. we we mean classic standard Azov. You can't use the Greek Azov, Velo Ezov, ezov Kochali, can't use the Azure Azov, Velo Azov, Midbari, can't use Desert Azov, Velo Azov, Romi, not the Roman Azov, Velo Azov, Sheshla Shem Levi. Shem Levi means any Azov that you have to say, you have to call it a blank Azov, right? A modifying name, right? So purple Azov or special Azov, Russian Azov, you can't use any of these other things. You have to just use classic standard Azov. That is what we have to use. So the um, question from this Mishnah then that emerges is, if for Azov, when the Torah says Azov, it means any just a classic Azov, so then why would we be allowed to use marsh Marshmurror? Shouldn't we also have to use just straight up Mara in order to be yotze the Mitzvah of Mara? That's the question implied here from the Mishnah Nagaim. Now, Art Scroll here quotes the Rabbi Kiva Eger, who asks, well, we have a Mishnah Psachim, and we already learned this, so we know this is to be true, that kind of fishes around to figure out what we could use in Mara, and it's all over the map, right? Is it a radish? Is it, is it lettuce? It could be like a thousand different things. And we don't and, and we talked about all the different minim. So clearly Mara is different than Ezov, Question is, why is Mara different than Azov? Azov has to be this classic Azov. It can't be any variation. And Mara could be like a whole wide range of variations. So you could say, well, I don't know. Azov is specific. And Mara, maybe it just matters what the taste is. Maybe you could say that. But Abaye suggests a different reason. A fascinating idea. Historical sort of reason. Amar Abaye. How do you account for the difference between Azov and Mara as follows? right? So if the name was before Matan Torah, so the assumption here that the Gemara is making is that the Greek Azov and the Roman Azov, uh, those Azovs, which would imply that the Greek and Roman civilizations pre-existed Matan Torah. Isn't that fascinating? They pre-existed Matan Torah. Thus, when the Torah said, Azov it was coming to exclude every other kind of ezov, because the Torah, so to speak, already knew that those existed, and by saying ezov without any, modif- without any modification, it was being makpid, right? It was specifying it must be this kind of classic ezov. That's what this means. That kol matantar. There were already variations of ezov prior to Matantara, and then uvasa Tairovi, vikpidalea, and then when the Torah came and said ezov, it meant this specific kind then it's known already that there is a modification, that there are different types of Azov out there, right? So then, right, it is clear that it's excluded from being able to use that. However, with regards to the Maror, right, there was no such thing as Maror uh, prior to Matantara. and thus the Torah said Maror, it... It was unaware, so to speak. Well, not unaware. Those didn't exist. So then any variation of, right, Mara that would come thereafter would in fact fall under the umbrella of Mara and should be usable. That's the Territz of Abayya. Fascinating Territz. You could say a lot about this. In other words, is this applicable to other things? That like When the Torah, I, I, I can't uh, off, off the top of my head think of another application, but this could theoretically be a very fascinating concept. Of a That when the Torah is aware of a wide variety and then says a single thing, it applies to it and, and, and excludes all other variations, as opposed to, if it says it before any of the other variations existed, then all variations would fall under that umbrella. Fascinating concept. I'd be interested to hear. Maybe I can uh, catch Rabbi Gross today and ask him if he could think of another example. That's a bias suggestion. Now, Rava couldn't be far away if a is making a suggestion, and let's hear what his suggestion is. Rava Amar. Honey, uh, marisa Stamashmayu. That really, the marsh maror is not really a totally different type. It's the same type. It's just called marsh maror because the modifying is not modifying actually what it is, but just where it can be found. As the Gemara says, marisa mishum de The only reason it's called marsh maror is because that's where you can find the maror. It, it's found in those marshes, but it's the same exact min, and therefore, that is why the marsh mara is okay, whereas the hyssop would have to be a very specific type. So now we're 15 lines up from the bottom. on and would gimal. and And we're going to get back to the bundles as follows. Says the Gemara, back to Ravchista. Amar Ravchista. Yiged b'chad lo shmei eged. Shalosh shmei eged. How many is a crowd? How many is a bundle? So... Rav Chisa says, not 100% sure. I know that one for sure is not a bundle because that's just one. And I know that three is for sure a bundle because three is a crowd. But But if you have just two like bound together, like the Arava uh, on our Dalad medium, so is that considered technically a bundle? Let's see. Well, I'm not sure. It's Because we have a Mishnah in Para. Why would this Mishnah be in Para? I imagine because you're uh, the bundling of the aforementioned uh, uh, Hissab. Uh, let's see uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah The Tznan, the Mishnah and Para, Right, because we talked about para Duma already And the Hyssop So it says like this You know that the Azov the, the itself has to be bundled, right? So says the Mishnah and para. Mitzvah's Ezov, Shlosh You used, right, the Mitzvah was to have it in bundles Fine And what's the bundles? Three sprigs The sprig is like the stem with the leaves Okay so three, right, three stalks of a And three stalks uh, with three stems, right? Three three of the stalks with the leaves with the three stems, and basically three is the bundle. However, that's the abundant Ribi mitzvah, ezov Okay, same thing. However, Ushayarav Shnaim. However, if one of the three stalks kind of falls out, one of the three stems, then it's still valid as long as you have two remaining stems, right? And, and those of us who have carried out through and attempted to keep them alive through um, throughout sukkahs, since we're learning about Sukkah, so, you know, there's stereotypes. You have the tinfoil guy, you have the, um, the wet paper towel, put it in the friz- fridge guy, you have the all-natural guy that just, you know, hopes for the best. Um, so there's all different kinds of uh, attempts, but usually... There's very few guys that get it right. And so we are all familiar with the concept of parts of these bundles falling apart throughout Yantiv, right? So you can visualize this. So the question is, if some of the stem falls out, but still, the, uh, you have three of the, right, three of what we would call the sprigs are still around. There, yes, he says it's okay. And fascinating, bigardumav kolshahu. But if the, right, leaf part falls off and you're just left with the stick, the stubs, so those are okay, right, in any amount. Amazing concept of yossi. Again, how much of this bundle has to be, remain, what? In order for it to be usable as the azov brush for the paraduma or for the procedures involved therein. Okay, with the, with the brush of the azov, the bundle of the azov. Okay, so now. Now, Rav Christus is pointing out, this sounds like, potentially, it would be a machlokas as to whether two or three constitute a bundle. Because after all, you see, there are are just saying, listen, we need three here. And we know that we need a bundle. Whereas Rubyosi is saying, yeah, but if you have two remaining, it's a bundle. Perhaps that's the machlokas. Whether two or three constitute a bundle. Let's see. Says the Gemara. Kasaka Daitin. might have initially thought that this was the, that, that this was the machlokas. That when Rubyosi says that right? if you're left with two stalks, it's okay, then that would imply that two stalks is fine, that even the chatechila, right, you could use just two stems and that that would actually work. Nobody would tell you that it doesn't work because after all, if we're letting you do it, that must mean that it's a bundle, right? Which is to say that when Rebiosi says, in the beginning. Remember, the statement of Rav Yossi wasn't, oh, just take two and you'll be good. Rav Yossi says, the mitzvah is shlosha, and then, but if but if one falls out, it's okay. So that seems to imply that it's just a mitzvah lechatchilam in a muvchar, right, to use three. However, if uh, the mi'ikar adin, b'dyeved, two is enough. And therefore, and that's something that the Rabbanin don't point out. So at this point, we assume that the Rabbanon hold that you need three for the bundle, and Rav Yossi holds that you need two. Okay. So based on this, Ravchisa said, okay, um, with the mitzvah or So right, the full sort of analysis would be, ah, Rabbi holds that three is mitzvah minimum of but two is enough. And Rebondon holds three is even bedieved the minimum. And therefore, perhaps the mechlokas is simply how much constitutes a bundle. The Rebondon would hold three at minimum and Reb Yossi would hold two. However, the Gemara challenges this because we have a brysa. Uh oh. Wow. It sounds like Rabbiosi says this is going to be fascinating. In other words, Rabbiosi sounded like he was relaxed about this. That if he, that he says it's nice to start with three, but if you're left with two, that's okay. But we have a Bryce saying that no, you have to start with three, right? If you thought you could start with two, it's not going to be okay, right? Because that's what the Bryce says. If you start with two and then you're left with one, it's puzzle. Okay, so, so now we have uh, an issue. And then it says, And it's not valid until you start with three stems, which is to say that you have to start. With a minimum of three for Igod. So both Rabbanon and Rubyosi would hold that you need a minimum of three. Ain't Rashi says. Right? So Rashi is pointing out the consequence of this, Brysa, which is that both Rabyosi, that certainly Rabyosi, according to this Brysa holds, uh, as Rashi explains the Gemara, that you would need at least a minimum of three to constitute a bundle. So now the Gemara is going to say, okay, so Rebiosi certainly holds that three is a bundle, but maybe they're a when Maybe they're a banan who sounded categorical, that, that said that you needed three. Maybe they weren't. So, uh Machbed, that you, dafka have three. Maybe they'll go with two, says the Gemara. Apoch, maybe we'll reverse our assumption and explain it as follows. That the Rebiosi, shlo she le'akev, the uh requires at least three, and the Rabbanon, Mitzvah. And perhaps it's the Rabbanon, even though they do say three, and they don't even entertain the possibility of two. But maybe when they said three, they just meant that that's the minimum of char, But perhaps if you were knocked down to two, they would say that, the evidence okay. However, there too, the Gemara says, right? That, uh, oh, and this seems to support it. We have a b'risa that says that if you start with two, and then you're left with one, it's kasher. Okay. And it's only puzzle until you go down to one. Now, what the Gemara is going to point out here is that there is an internal contradiction within this Brysa. So let's just, again, the Brysa says over here, and this we're going to attribute to the Rabbanon, that if you start with two and you're left with one, it's okay. The only problem is, so, so that would, that would corroborate this idea that, whereas Rabbiosi would dafka as, as per the previous bryasa. with v'adavka require three, that their would be okay with two b'deeved. The problem is, there's an internal issue in this brysa, which is that when you're left with one, what happens? The first part of the brisa says it's kosher, and then the brisa says, v'shara <laughs> And then it says that it's pasl when you start off with one. But it's not such a contradiction, because you could see that t'chilas vechad sounds like you're doing it l'chatechila. So let's see, the Gemara is going to address this. Says the Gemara, Echad Shayar Shayarav Echad Kasher. Right? When you're left with one, is it pasal or is it Kasher? You're sending me mixed messages, Brysa. So which is it? So we turn the page in great suspense, and we arrive at the Beis at the reasonable time of 6.04 a.m., and we say the following. Ah, what it means is, uh, this would, should have been the formulation of the Brysa. This is what the Brysa should have said. It's not invalid, right? It's not puzzle unless at its beginning, lechatchila, it has the same number of stems as it as its remainders and as its shi'arv, which is to say that it's asr if it's lechatchila, right? So if you have one lechatchila, that's going to be asr, and that's what we presumed it meant, that when it's lechatchila, one, it's going to be puzzle. However, when you start off, according to the Arbonne, with two, then that's okay. And even when you're left with one, bidi Eved, it's going to be okay. So that what we end up with is, right, that according to Reb you would need three, the Chatechila, and because he holds it, that's a bundle perhaps. According to the Rabbanon, two, you would need the Chatechila, right? And therefore, uh, and therefore, it meant only as a Mitzvah, in a you would need three, according to Rabbanon, but two, bidi Eved would be okay. And then if it fell apart, one, you would need one, uh, once it fell apart, um, and at that point, it would still be usable, and perhaps in that sense, it does reflect whether two or three are a bundle. Okay, so a little bit more about a bundle. Hani, behu. There used to be these bundles of surah. And that, you can use a af we're already used to this, that even though, these are interesting. These didn't necessarily look, right, bundled up um, in nature, but they used to, the merchants used to bind them together. However, So this is, we're learning a new idea here, that the reason why they were bound up was just a count, right? And therefore, as we said before, if you're doing it just because you sell it in units of, let's say, bundles of five, so if you're doing it for that reason, then it's okay, because why? Because, as Rashi says, right, it's right to the surface is the top here, they used to sell them in units of, let's say, five or ten. That's the point. That Gzeris Otzar is not, right, going to apply to these. Why? Right, because, you are not using these bundles to store them. That was the whole problem. The Gezerah of otsar is if you end up using it as a bundles to store them, so then you're not going then you are prone right to then repurpose them as a sukkah. but here once you brought them home, you would untie them and you would start, right, and you would just like unravel them and you would use them one by one. The only reason you even had them in the bundle in the first place was to sell them in units of five or 10 or 20 or whatever it was. But then you're coming home and you're not putting it on top of a, of a right, of a substructure and then are thus susceptible to using it as so a You're not doing that. You're bringing it home and then you're opening up the package. You get, you're buying them, right, in bulk at Costco, but then you're taking it apart as soon as you get home. There it is, okay. That's Sura. Sura was the, the bundles of Sura was the original Costco. Okay, so now let's talk about more bundles and we'll get out of this into a different fascinating topic. So Amar Abiyaba, many Sri Fadur Urbani. The Sri Fadur Urbani are very famous. They are the huts made out of willow branches. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to these. So the huts are made out of branches. Since their upper knots are undone, you could use them as schach. Okay? Wait, but they're still bound together below, so maybe, says the Gemara, they should still be considered bundles. You yeah, know, one possibility is that, yeah, they have two knots, one on top and one on the bottom. We're talking about a case where you are untying both the top and the bottom alternatively, even if you didn't untie the bottom of the bundle, right, fundamentally, even if it's bound together, the Gezeras Otsar only falls on those which are bound together, right, in order to bundle it, to carry it, and then to stick it on top of the sukkah and then use it as that repurposes as, as a sukkah. But, you know, like the kesher, if you want to be Lumdish, the tying together in itself isn't what puzzles this thing, right? It's the way that it's tied and the purpose for which it's tied that determines whether it's going to fall into the gazeras sozar. This is a relief, I would imagine, for anyone who used schach mats, which is many people have the badats. They're tied together, right, those pieces of schach, but they're not t- tied together. And they're even like, you know, wrapped up and put in a bundle, but obviously they're used in a way that you spread them out over the top and... Um, and thus, this is not, this is not fall under the category of gazeras otsar, Um, because the intent matters. Good. Okay, so now we're going to talk about, we, we mentioned Mara before. We're going to mention Mara now again. We're going to mix our holidays together here. Tesvav, Tesvav. What is going on here? So, first of all, Gezerus are food. So you're not really supposed to use them as chach. that's for sure true. But let's say for argument's sake, right, you did use them as, a, uh, as chach. So what would happen? We're going we're gonna to get into what's going to happen with respect to sukkah. But let's first discuss what would happen with respect to tumah. okay? So again, imagine you're using, you know, a giant piece stalk of celery, okay? Uh, a giant stock of, well, we'll use romaine lettuce. Let's use something that like you'd use for mara, right? So these, your that Chachavim say you could use, so it's talking about the chova of mara. So use a giant, a giant um, romaine lettuce, mara, kosher mara, for sukkah, okay? Because you're taking this gzeriz tesvav tesvav seriously. So you're using it as yeschach. So obviously you can't because it's mechabot toma Well, really? Well, that's interesting. So let's talk a little bit of Hilchos Tumma, not a lot, but the way it works is like this. That typically, if you have an object that's big enough, right, that's more than tefach by tefach, and you have a piece of tumma that is big enough, more than a kazais of, let's say, cadaver Tumah, which is really gross. So you have, right, enough tumma to generate What they called right the ohel the tumas ohel, Uh, so if you had that, then typically what would happen is if the stalk of romaine lettuce was big enough, then if something else was under the awning of this of this uh, right romaine lettuce, it could contact tuma based off of what's called tumas ohel. It could contact tuma based off of the off the roof. But however, in here there is an internal sort of contradiction, right? Because the maror says this statement of Rabbi is legit ohel, right, for Tumas ohel, but it's flimsy enough that it's not considered a roof barrier. But just to say it like this, in the other case, let's say you had this piece of romaine lettuce and it was interposing between a tumma beneath, right? And then there was something above it. So again, the tumma is on the bottom, the romaine lettuce is on top of the tuma, and then something else is on top of the Romaine lettuce. So if the object, um, if, if the object was on top of the Romaine lettuce, it's not going to contract the tumor. Uh I'm sorry, and it says, and it says, Ve'en So in both cases, the object, we'll, we'll, you, we'll say that the object is a piece of food. What kind of food do you want to use, Andrew? Um, a piece of Kugel. Okay. So if the, so you have, again, you have your Romaine lettuce. If it's overlapping a kazayas of Tumah and the piece of Kugel, so then the piece of Kugel is going to get Tumas Ohel. Okay. If the piece of Kugel is on top of the Romaine lettuce, it's also going to get the Tumah, which is to say that the lettuce, ironically, is going to be strong enough to impart the Tumas Ohel onto the Kugel beneath, however not however flimsy enough to not be chotzets to not block the Tumah from going up and protecting the kugel above it either. This is a contradictory halacha, because usually it's either or. In other words, usually if something is strong enough to create an ohel, it's also strong enough to create a chatzitza if the kugel were above it. So it usually would be either or. Usually if it's really flimsy, it can't be an ohel and the kugel below would be okay, and the kugel above would get contaminated. Or if it's really solid, then the kugel below would be contaminated because it's strong enough to create an ohel, but at least the kugel on top would be spared because it's That's the point. And here you have this ironic, contradictory thing where in both cases it is, um, in both cases it's tamay. Both the kugel below and the kugel on top got tamay. That's crazy. So why is that? So the Mephoshim explained, Rashi explains in my ear, gets a little more explicit, as follows. It's really, we're just going L'Chomer both ways. Because this is kind of like, this, this Mara is like a dotted line, in a sense, right? It's just strong enough. Now, mind you, you have to put aside, and this was what Tosa points out, that uh, something which is Makabel Tumah can't, can't do any of this. And foods are generally Makabel Tumah, and therefore you must be talking about a piece of dry Mara that you have not yet dipped. In the charosa, so to speak. You haven't dipped this mara yet. So if it's dry, right? So now we're bone dry. You didn't get the water yet. So it was not machshir la kabbal Fine. Let's set, that, let's set that as a precedent. Once you've set that as a precedent, so now you have this dry mara. What's the issue? It's going to eventually disintegrate because we know that mara is biodegradable, right? It's flimsy. So that's, that's the khumra. The khumra is, right now it's solid enough, so it's going to serve as an OL. So the Khumra we're going to say, yes. Let's make the kogel below, Tameh. However, because it's going to potentially disintegrate, we don't know when that moment will be. We're going to be machmir and treat Durabanon. The, the kogel that's on top also has Tameh, and we're not going to rely on this biodegradable mar as a chatzitza. Now you've learned what the implication is with respect to Tumah. However, so that's what it means when it says, it serves as an ohel. But it can't serve as a chatita, A contradictory halacha. now you understand why. But what's relevant to us, Sher sukkah is what are you doing using marr as schach? This is pasal for schach regardless. In other words, whether it's mukshal kabatum or not, these the, you can't use marr as schach, Andrew, it's food. So says the the final statement of this is Uposlin Basuka Mishum Avir. It's pasal like air. You can't use it as schach. It's as if it's avir. My why? Right? When this thing biodegrades, dries up, crumbles, and falls down, come on to listen, dummy. it's going to be as if it's not there. This is the same essential reason why it was not going to be a chatzitza for tuma. Rashi points out over here, Mishum Avir, towards the end of the skinny lines, that to say that this is like air is worse than saying that it's Possel Schach. Right? Rashi could explain. Kishir Shavir the Right, because air is puzzled by three tefachim or more. Kedamin la'kamen. We're gonna we're gonna learn it soon enough. Avir b'shlosha v'lo m'sharinu l'lepsul keshir sharis chach puzzle de ochel aroyi lekabel tumahu. Right, because this is ochel, and even if it's not, let's say moist, it's roy lekabel tumah. Right, v'schach puzzle ainu puzzle ella ba'arba tefachim be'emsa ba'arba amos minatzad right, that in the middle of the schach, you would get, now we're going we're gonna to get into this in greater detail, but even when you have schach Puzzle, in the middle, it's going to be Fort tfachim, on the side, it's going to be four giant amos, that's going to have to do with Dofanakuma, akuma, etc., but be that as it may, right, you see that schach Puzzle, you have a greater leeway than you do with air, Right, avir Because this is treated like air, then we treat it even more chumra than schach puzzle and therefore three tefachim or more is going to be enough to puzzle this ridiculous idea of using mar as schach. Okay, it's worse than the average. Right, the average puzzle schach. Good. To this, we have another reading of Rabbi Abba uh, connecting back to schach. Ah, oh, interesting. More tuma eschach, uh conversation. Let's say you're harvesting grapes. For, for squeezing them, okay, you're not doing it for, this, the, the significance of Boetzalagas is, you're not harvesting these grapes to eat grapes. You're harvesting them to make wine. Ein lo yodos. What does ein lo yodos mean? This has to do with tuma. as follows. If you had, let's say, right, um, we know that Andrew, when he says, so I've met I had this chus of meeting Lainey and Panina. So what happens, the reason why Andrew is so spry is because when he's at home, he's treated like a king. And what they do is they take these stalks of grapes and Lainey and Panina, they stand on either side and they hold the grapes by the stalks, right? And Andrew simply with his mouth, just simply partakes of the grapes with his teeth one by one, like a king, okay? So now... In such a scenario, the stalks themselves are called yudos. yodos. That becomes significant because it means, for example, if you had a cup, let's say. A cup is a clee. A cup, a clee is makabal tumma. What if you uh, Andrew's Andrew's thermos doesn't have a handle? What if Andrew's thermos had a handle and the handle became tummy? The whole thermos would be tummy, right? Because the handle is part of the thermos. Now, let's say the handle fell off. So the thermos is still a kli. The thermos, were it to become tame, could become tame. The handle, without it, certainly would not be tame. Similarly, with the grapes called yodos, a handle. If once, so long as the grapes are on the stalk, so then if the if the actual stalk becomes tame, then all the grapes would be tame. That's very significant, right? That's called yodos. When a handle is intact, it's tame. Clearly, if the if they were separated and the stalks were just laying around, they wouldn't become tame. They're not ochel whatsoever. Aha. Okay, so what's the concept here? Haboitselagas enloyados. Aha. But that's only if you are doing what? If you're picking off these branches of, of grapes to feed Andrew as solid grapes. But what if you're doing it to make wine for Lainey? If you're doing it to make la- wine, so then you no longer want these stalks. The stalks become psalus, right? They just become refuse. And therefore, if you were p- it makes a difference why you were picking, harvesting these grapes. If you're harvesting the, sta- the grapes for grapes, so then they're part of it, and therefore they can become Tameh the stalks. But if you're harvesting it for wine, then the stalks are just getting in your way, and if they got Tameh, they wouldn't be metame the grapes. That's fascinating, okay? However, we have a related ruling with regards to the schach, and that's how we pull it together. Rav Nasha bar of rav Huna ha Ein lo yodos, right? So this is a related idea. Yirukotzer, let's say, right, baddels, for schach. Now, at the end of it, there's food. Food you can't use as schach, right? So Rashi is going to say, right, ein lo yodos, right, that the schach is not going to be, right, puzzle, because schach, puzzle, right, it's it's not going to work. Ein lo akotzel a schach. Ein ha-koshin mivin tumah ala ochel. Delo nichalei in the ochel. In that case, it's the food that is what you don't want because the food right, is not kosher for schach. And therefore, as Rashi points out, right? if there was more food than schach in this harvest, so then certainly the, you, you would have a problem. But if you had more schach, right, more solace in this case is good because that's what's usable for schach. So if you had more stalk in this case than food, right, so then you would use the principle of rove, and you would say that the food doesn't work as yados and it doesn't ruin it, just like when you are harvesting, right, grapes, legat, right? Bozer, legat should be the same as kotzer, l'schach, where that which is, right, the solace, which ironically in the case of schach, it's the food because food can't be used as schach, that becomes negligible. And therefore, if that became tamay, it wouldn't be a problem. However, the Gemara is going to say the obvious um, difference. These two statements were independent. Amar Abba Maruna, They both quote Ravuna, but that doesn't mean that it's the same thing, because as the Gemara explains, Manda Amar Kotzer boats Certainly, if you said that you could that you can disregard the food of of, of the harvest, let's say we're talking about wheat. So, certainly, if you could disregard the food, you could disregard the stalks right, because this regarding the food is a bigger chiddush. Why do people harvest? Okay, so you're harvesting it for schach. but you can't say that the food, to say that the food is the psalis because you're harvesting for schach is quite the chiddush indeed. So it means that your intention is for schach, and therefore the food, which is usually the purpose, is in fact considered, right, um, accordingly is considered the uh, psalis. That's a huge chiddush. Certainly if you hold that, you would hold that stocks become negligible when your votes are lagat. Right, because in the case of botzer lagat, you certainly don't want these stems, which is understandable that they are psolus, to be in the wine. However, mandamar botzer sheein Yadus. But if you're the Manda mandamar, which is Rav who I'm sorry, which is uh, Rabbi Abba, who holds that the psolus, the stalks of the wine, doesn't have yados. Aval botzer yesh But you still can imagine a scenario where they would say that when you're right, cutting down wheat. For the schach, you would say still that the food considers is considered yados. Why? The So, not for the reason that you would have thought. You would have thought, well, the food is usually the ikr. So, let's assume the food's not the ikr. The schach is really what you want. But still, the food helps either, according to Rashi, because it adds to the bulk of the schach, and therefore, at least, the, you know, it's going to help you with your. Tzilas uh, Miruba or as Tosfos points out, the food is the heavier part and the denser part, and therefore weighs it down. Either way, you want the food, and therefore he who holds that a Botsar Lagatz, namely Rabbi Abba, does not necessarily extend the same thing to Kotsar So the Gemara says, Name of the Rabbi Nachshon Maybe you're going to say. According to Rabbi Nasheh you could say that's a machlok es tanaim, the tanya, because we are a b'raisa. Sochei te'enim ve'en te'enim parchilin ve'em anavim kashen shibolim. This is talking about a person who is, right, using schach and has some food on it. So, right, te'enim with te'enim on it, or vines with grapes on them, kashen vim shibolim, straw, ears of straw with grain on them, mechabdos ve'em tamarim, or brooms of palms with the dates still there, kulamim psos merubal ochlen shera. Right, that if those... Uh, if the solace is merubah ochel, it's going to say kosher vim lav, it's going to say it's puzzle. However, acherim, omim, achi, kosher la'ochelin, but acherim, right, are going to say that it's not going to be kosher unless there's going to be more straw than food. So we're going to continue tomorrow with umai lav, right, kimiflegi, right, which is about 10 or so lines up from the bottom of your gimel base, and we're going to resolve this idea of... And we're gonna, and it's going to lead us into using different kinds of puzzle Schach and the amounts that we can for a sukkah.